Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 307. Today, if I could label or title this particular podcast, I would entitle it, Don't Miss the Story. That's right, Don't Miss the Story. Now, I know I've been giving you a lot of details about a lot of things that are pertaining to the appointed times that God has laid out. But what I want you to do is keep in mind always in the background, like a motor running, something that is always purring in the background, and that is the great story of God. I'm convinced that what has kept the people of God together called Israel, the Jewish people, is because they have handed down the story meticulously from generation to generation, family to family, person to person. There is nothing like a story to help one remember the main points of a particular teaching. I've said this over and over again in teaching and when I am mentoring others and talking with others about teaching methods, I say to them that the more abstract the concept, more numerous and concrete have to be the illustrations that will help the learner to understand what you're trying to teach. Let me say that again. The more abstract the concept, the more vague, the more ethereal, the more out there is the concept, the less touchable the less feelable, the less that we can sense it by something that we can relate to, the more numerous and more concrete have to be the illustrations that teach that concept to the learner. This is illustrated in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. The writer of the book of Hebrews is saying this is what faith is. And he gives us the explanation in the opening statement. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, expected, the evidence of things not seen. Well, you can read that over and over and over again and still not really understand what faith is because it is so abstract. We can't touch it. We cannot feel it. And so God knows us. He made us. And so he illustrates it for us in numerous ways. The whole entire chapter after that opening definition of faith is concretizing it, is illustrating it in numerous ways through various lives to help us to understand what faith is. And so he starts out with the beginning, with with Abel and his offering. Then he goes to Noah. Then he goes to Abraham, on and on. And if one person you cannot relate to, perhaps the other. Out of all of those stories, I relate more to Noah to help me understand more of what true faith is and trust is in the story of Noah. It must have been a phenomenal thing that he did in trusting God's word alone above anything he had ever experienced, anything he had ever known, anything anyone had ever told him in his wildest imagination. 
He didn't know what a boat was, obviously, and he had never seen it flood because God had never flooded the earth before. And yet God said, I'm going to do this in judgment of those who are unrighteous. And the scripture says that Noah prepared the ark and trusted God instead of everything around him, all the circumstances, all the evidence, everything that he could see around him in an earthly way and trusted God. And so when we talk about the great story of God, we can't just talk in terms that are mystical and spiritual. We have to concretize it. We have to bring it down to where the children can understand it. And so this is what I believe God has done from start to finish. You see, my thesis is that the great story of God is to be learned by passing it from one person to another in story form. Because when we do that, it is amazing how it becomes real and we can remember it. This is why, for instance, God made our minds to think from the general to the specific, not specific to the general. We're never going to teach the great story of God by parsing verbs and declining nouns in one or two verses, or someone preaching through the entire book of Romans and it taking them 12 years to do that. Your people are lost. And look at the churches primarily that do that today. It doesn't matter who the preacher is. Sooner or later, the church is going to begin to dwindle. Why? Because it is easy easy to get caught up in the great details of the story of God instead of seeing the big picture. Now, for those of you who have been to Israel with me, you know this is the way that I teach. And that is that I take you to the mountaintops and we look at the great panorama of what happened before us. And we tie the story together from Adam all the way until the coming of Jesus again, his return to the earth. Then we go and we look at it from a closer narrative format and we, we go and see what happened there. But we keep in mind the big picture. God made our minds like that. That's why when we write, we start out with a thesis statement. This is what I'm going to tell you. And then we Roman numeral one, Roman numeral two, Roman numeral three, and then capital A, capital B, Arabic one, two, whatever the case is. That's the way our minds analytically and logically think. And that's the way God has laid out the story. It doesn't matter who you are and where you're born. That's the way that God made our minds to think. And so the big picture is is God started everything and God's going to finish everything. He started in a beautiful garden. He's going to end in a beautiful garden. Satan did not thwart the plan of God. You see, God created the heaven and the earth great and beautiful and wonderful. And sin has marred and cursed that, but that didn't thwart the plan of God. God's going to recreate it. God's going to renovate it. God's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. And the curse will be done away with. You see, God had a plan from the beginning, and we can trust his plan because he has been faithful down through the years. Now, why am I talking about the great story of God during this holiday season? It's because sometimes when we begin to study the minutiae of just how wonderful God made all of these holy days and these appointed times, we get caught up in that and we forget the main theme and story. God started, God's going to end. As a matter of fact, in every instance, whatever God starts with, he's going to finish with. This is why you and I can be so assured of our salvation. 
Why? Because the Bible teaches that everyone that God foreknows, everyone that God elects, everyone that God calls, those same people he's going to justify, he's going to sanctify, and one day he's going to glorify, and he does not lose any in between. This is why the Apostle Paul said, I am fully trusting that the one to whom I've committed everything, he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against the day when I will see him. This is why I told the church at Philippi, I'm confident that the one who has begun a good work in you, the one that started something, he's going to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. What he started, he's going to finish. And with whom he starts, he's going to finish. You see, God is able to keep us. He's able to arrange the events in our lives. He's able to create thirst and hunger in our lives. And you say, well, what about if we exercise our stubborn will and we refuse to obey him? Well, number one, you need to check and see if you're a child of God indeed, because the only mark of true sonship is perseverance in the Bible, that you endure, that you keep on. But if you are a child of God and you say, well, I'm going to do my own thing, you'll only do that so long indeed if you are because there is a chastisement that goes beyond just getting us back in line because John talks about the sin unto death and he's talking to believers because if God sees that your days here are finished and that you are going to continue to rebel God will just take you home you see he's able to do that And you say, well, that's not fair. Well, you don't get a choice on that, sir. You don't get a choice on that, ma'am. You know why? Because you're not wise enough to make that choice. God is. He sees the end from the beginning. All I'm telling you is that you and I don't have to fret and worry and be unstable like everyone else is around us. It is a wonderful thing when we can trust God Almighty to get us where we need to go. And that brings great peace to us. And it brings stability into our lives and into our families because God is telling the story. Now, the reason I'm going over these special days is because these are the markers that God gave to the children of Israel, these Moedim, these appointed times, these special times. God gave these days to help them never to forget who he is, what he's done. And really, this is what theology is in essence. It is understanding who God is, what he has done, how we relate to him, how we can know him, how we can make him known, and the enemy that continually tries to thwart the plan of God. And the study of theology is all about that, all the players that are involved, how these things happen, what the scripture teaches. But we cannot forget the story in the midst of all of that. Again, I want to remind you, God started with Adam in the garden. He's going to end with those who are the sons of Adam that have been in a relationship with him on this earth. We will spend eternity with God. And God is going to renovate this earth one day, a new heaven, a new earth. And it's going to be pristine and new as he meant for it to be. You see, the garden that was lost is going to be regained again. And all in between is the great story of how he's done that. And so that's what the Bible is all about. And that story has been passed down from generation to generation. And we see that in the book of Genesis. There are 10 different sections to the book of Genesis. And that makes up one book. And it begins with, this is the history of, this is the lineage of, these are the generations of, it's the word told oath. And it is the way that God 
passed it down from generation to generation. When you get to the Exodus, it's a great story. A story that was meticulously passed on, not just, not just in verbal retelling of a story, but acting it out. Isn't that when we really remember it is when we act it out? You see, this is why ritual and routine is so important in our lives. It is important that you meet God every day and if possible around the same time in the same place. But if that's not possible, pause and take time. You say, well, that, I, I don't want to live religiously like that. You need to. You need to because if you don't, you'll go astray. It's easier to go astray. Set a time and say, just like you set a time to eat, a time you go to bed, a time you get up, a time you do this, a time you do that. Those are appointments. Well, set an appointment with God every day. Set an appointment with God throughout the day. Set an appointment with God before you go to bed at night. Set a, an appointment with God Every week on the first day of the week on Shabbat, when you make your appointment with God, keep it because God is already there. He's waiting on you. He longs for you to come back to him so he can enrich your life, so he can keep you from evil and ungodliness and help you to understand the blessing of walking in obedience to him. God really knows the way. He's not only the way, he knows the way. And these appointed times are there to help us to grow, to know. And then we can share that great message with others. I'm so excited for what you're going to be hearing this week as we walk on the way together. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.